Blog Talk Radio. character has been heavily challenged and questioned for many years, but today I stand here and put truth to power, or power to truth. So I want to address the elephant in the room. Many of you may be wondering why we're, we're here instead of Kansas. There's been a lot of speculation false reports as to why I chose not to be there. I would like to set the record straight. It's not because how many times it took for me to be voted into the hall. It's about the mere fact that the sports writers are not in alignment with the mission and core values of the Hall of Fame. writers disregarding the system, criteria, and bylaws in which guys are inducted ultimately the true meaning of the Hall of Fame and what it represents. I wanted to take a stand so the next guy coming after me does not have to go through what I and others have gone through. Whether it's three years, 45 years, you should get what you rightly earn. not always a popular stance to go against the grain. However, in my heart, I know this is the right thing to do. They say that I'm making the wrong decision. To do what I'm doing today, I'm reminded of the Bible, Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. It represents me well. It says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave I am here in Chattanooga, all of you, because this is where it all started. And little did I know, this is where I would close this chapter.
lot of thank yous, so I'm going to start to my to my supporters, those that have traveled near and afar, those in Kenya today. Thank you for riding with me all these years, for always having my back. This is for you. To my beautiful mama. a stern woman in my grandma. I started when I was a preteen. I, re I remember participating in several Michael Jackson performances. And as a kid, people may not know this, I was relatively quiet. But when that Michael Jackson came on, Billie Jean, I would transform on stage. She saw something in me early, long before I came to yo. And long ostracized me and tried to keep me what I rightfully earned, not once, but twice. I remember the text, the text that he said, you ain't got to worry about nothing. You are always a Hall of Famer to me. Now it's Terrell Owens at the uh, induction over in Chattanooga uh, at the Tennessee at the University of Tennessee Chattanooga. Welcome to the Blitz right here on Block Talk Radio, episode two thirty four. We're going to have our NFL kickoff today. We're going to be talking um, Hall of Fame as we just had uh, Terrell Owens who was inducted into the Hall of Fame uh, unconventionally. A lot of criticism uh, by a lot of people as he explains the reasons behind him not being in Canton with the rest of the group and class. Um, so there, there, it was kind of like a friction with the sports writers. His opinion is obviously they didn't follow some of the guidelines that traditionally would happen. They've let other people in with probably worse offenses. And so his point was literally just to make a point to the sports writers that if you're going to follow a guideline, you need to make sure that you follow it correctly for everybody, not just make exceptions for others. His attitude or his behavior was highly, I guess you want to put it, it was above what his achievements on the field was. And in, in retrospect, that is not what the Hall of Fame is about. Uh, the Hall of Fame is about what happens on the football field, the accomplishments on the football field. Um, and so, you know, he does have a point on the football field, a great athlete, a great uh, contributor to his uh, teams, and ultimately, you know, deserving of a Hall of Fame induction. Um, so hopefully the Hall of Fame will take into account what uh, Terrell Owens made as a statement today going forward. Um, and it is really not what happens outside of football. Primarily, it is what is inside the gridiron lines 
that should be taken into account whether you make it into the hall or not. So uh, something to think about for the Hall of Fame and figuring out how they're going to uh, adjust their rulings or they're going to go back to what the ruling was originally set forth for that. Um, don't have any co-hosts today. Unfortunately, uh, things happened this week, and so I'm flying solo here. Be here for probably till an, about an hour on the Blitz, but we got a lot to talk about. So we have NFL preseason that's going to kick off. The rankings came out for preseason. Um, and before I start that, uh, Hall of Fame, I think uh, one of the best speeches that was out there was uh, uh, Daryl Dawkins out of the Eagles, which I thought did an amazing job with his speech, um, and so uh, you gonna, you want to go watch it on NFL.com. Uh, very inspirational as well, and so uh, there's a lot of other players. Go to NFL.com, um, look up Hall of Fame inductees, and you can get the list of all the inductees there and who came up, and we'll be talking about them uh, next podcast and a couple podcasts until uh, the NFL kickoff. So we'll, we'll get everybody's takes, our co-host takes next week and the week after in terms of who their favorite inductee was and the reasoning behind it and um, the memories. But Brian Erlocker stands out to me. Darren Dawkins, um, obviously uh, one of the two players that I um, admired and um, did an amazing job on the field as well. So congratulations to them and the rest of the class of 2018. Um, the Eagles are ranked preseason ranked number one right now. Uh, they have Nick Foles. We, don't know what Carson Wentz is going to do at this point and how that's going to pan out in terms of a two-quarterback set, if they're going to go dual on it. Um, So a little bit of questions there for the Super Bowl champs in Philly, but I think they're going to be fine. Uh, But they're ranked number one right now. Uh, Number two surprises me. The Jaguars are ranked number two. Uh, A lot of people are putting stock on uh, Blake Wardles to kind of elevate this team to another level. Uh, They played well last year. Just, um, I think they, missing pieces on defense, should be able to um, make a big impact in the AFC. Uh, they got some wide receiver core that they've had previously, so if that pans out, plus what their drafts are going, uh, draftees are going to be. So we'll see if the Jaguars actually stay within that, you know, preseason ranking, which is going to be, you know, number two. The Pats, at this point, being uh, with Edelman five weeks because of 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 injuries, Edelman won't be back till week five. That's what the uh, situation is there. And uh, so they've acquired Eric Decker, Eric Decker to work with Brady. And so the Patriots, I think, are just going to retool themselves like normal. I don't think there's going to be an issue going there. I don't think there's going to be much of a concern in terms of New England, unless some major injuries happen during the season or anything like that. But overall, I think the Patriots are fine. They're number three. You could easily put them as number two. Um, the Rams, uh, my Rams there, Goff and McVay, what a year last year. They've actually added some pieces. Uh, we got Donald that should be coming back. We got more pieces uh, with Brandon Cook. Um, so there's a lot of weapons that are were acquired in the offseason for Los Angeles. And so the Rams really stand out at this point preseason-wise. Uh, number four, the Vikings. Uh, number five, uh, this is the second wave of Kurt Cousins. What he did in Washington was impressive, so we'll see how he does here in Minnesota with Stephon Diggs and company with a good receiving core. They also get uh, Delvin Cook, going to make a big difference there in Minnesota. The Saints, 
We're looking at uh, running back Ingram suspended. So that's going to be a big blow for New Orleans going forward here. Um, but uh, we'll see how it, see how it pans out there in New Orleans. Um, they do get, I think, Benjamin Watson, a tight end, to kind of replace um, some of the departures from last season. So we'll see how the Saints kind of pan out there in terms of that. So top five right now, we're looking at uh, the rankings. And these rankings are uh, by Elliot Harrison out of at NFL.com. So you guys can check out the article there, uh, power rankings by uh, by him. So he sort of kind of broke it down in terms of what's going to happen in terms of the, this kind of season. You have uh, the Saints, like I, I just mentioned, uh, the Saints with Ingram out for the first four games. Um, we'll see who steps up. Drew Brees losing um, Jimmy Graham really affected them last year in terms of the consistency. But um, tight end Benjamin Watson, who caught 61 balls last season for the Ravens, looks to be maybe uh, a good piece. There is some age factor there. Uh, he's a little older than he was before in terms of mobility. So we'll see if that affects him at all. Number seven rank was the Falcons. Uh, if the Saints uh, kind of be balanced there, that's going to be a big, big competition in that South. Um, because you're getting the Falcons, Julio Jones, uh, probably not a happy camper right now in terms of money. Uh, we'll see how that pans out in terms of whether he gets paid or not. Uh, I mean, at this point, the Falcons have a lot of question marks there. Manny Ice, see how that's going to work out for this season. But they lose, if they lose their number one receiver or he doesn't you know, show up or, for whatever reason, that's going to be a big blow for them as well. You got the Packers at number nine. Um, so number nine, uh, Jimmy Graham coming into with uh, Aaron Rodgers. So that's going to be kind of interesting in there. They also get uh, Muhammad Wilkinson uh, to kind of upstate the defensive line to much improved at this point. Um, you, uh, they lose, I think, Ryan, Jake Ryan to a torn ACL. So that could be a big factor there. But other than that, they should be okay in terms of the Packers coming into the season. If you got, if you got Aaron Rodgers healthy, um, Green Bay, you're pretty much good. Decent defense, and you're ready to go. The Steelers, a lot of questions uh, surrounding the Steelers in terms of Le'Veon Bell's contract situation and how that's going to kind of affect, you know, the defense and everything around rotating the offense, how that's going to affect. Um, so we'll see how that works on there. Um, they have some concerns there with him. Um, obviously, you know, offensively, no one knows what, when, when he'll be back on the field. So kind of interesting to figure out how we're going to monitor this for the next what, four or five weeks and then during kickoff as well. So that's going to be interesting to kind of keep an eye on. The Panthers uh, pretty much pretty much in the same, same boat as either the Saints or the Falcons this year. I mean, Cam Newton coming in here. Um, we'll see how that works out um they got veteran running back uh, jonathan stewart who's left so we'll see who replaces him um and see how that's going to work in obviously in carolina then you got the texans uh with deshaun watson pretty awesome player you got jj watt should be back healthy for houston in times in terms of you know getting back onto that um you know it's just it looks like the Texans might be okay. A good young quarterback there as well. So um, 
Then you got the Chargers. The Chargers, a lot of question marks. Um, you know, last year wasn't as great as it should have been. Key components here were, uh, you know, over the last couple of years. And so kind of like kind of keep an eye on kind of notes on terms of what Philip Rivers and company are going to do. Um, Titans, um, at this point, they were they had DeMarco, DeMarco Murray should be should be coming back. They got Deion Lewis in the mix, Malcolm Butler in the mix. Kind of like Patriots Midwest in a way for the Titans. So that should be pretty well for them in, in terms of what they're able to do in the AFC South. Um, and then you got the Niners. Niner Nation really excited for uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. And so number 10 there, kind of popular now, Niner Nation. This is going to be his full, first full season um, in terms of, you know, as a quarterback for the Niners starting out. So um, at this point, you know, we'll see how the Niners react um, in terms of getting to a playoff state in the West with the Rams, the Seahawks. Arizona's kind of a mess right now, kind of figuring out what they're going to do. Um, then you got the Ravens uh, in terms of how they're going to re- uh, kind of, you know, enter Michael Crabtree and John Brown. So we'll see how that pans out over in um, Baltimore at this point. Um, but other than that, those are like the top, top teams that we can discuss on there in terms of preseason. We'll see preseason. Usually I don't pay attention so much to preseason because the final roster really dictates that's where things are going to go. So i not not really big on preseason action and how that's going to work. I mean, unless you're a scout or somebody that just wants to kind of pan out, or if you're playing uh, daily fantasy sports, for example, you kind of kind of get a feel with the, who's going to be on the roster and who's not. So uh, in that sense, I guess you can pay attention to preseason, but other than that, doesn't really pan out until probably the you know last week of the season before the kickoff. Then you're going to see who's on the roster and kind of figure that out. Um, so that's kind of the preseason motion going on here. There's a lot of things going on in a women's football as well that we got to talk about. Um, there's a bunch of things brewing in Germany of all places and the AFBD in Germany. And so the uh, quarterfinals in Germany in uh, DBL two, uh, the Bundesliga league number two. And so it start kicks off on August 18th and that's going to be the Cologne Ronin taking on the Spandu Bulldogs, the uh, Erlingen Sharks taking on the Krillsheim Hurricanes, the Hamburg, um, I believe, Blue Devlins will take on the Boston Miners, and the Stuttgart Scorpion, which is the best team right now in Germany, will take on the Algu uh, Comets. So uh, Hamburg leading the North, 7-1 and one record. They are taking on Bosham. Uh, Bosham, I believe, is... Yeah, Busham is six and two, so seven and one versus six and two. That's going to be a great matchup. Hopefully, we can get some highlights from that. Cologne Roland versus Spandu Bulldogs. Spandu six one and one, and the uh, Cologne Ronan is seven and one. So a lot of top teams in this league, literally with a one or two loss. So it's going to be a great matchups coming up for the quarterfinals over in Germany. Stuttgart versus Algo, probably not the best matchup there. Um, I think Algo got in because of because they finished second in the Southeast, which is they finished at three and three, probably the lowest ranked team right now in terms of the German quarterfinals. So that's going to be interesting to see how they 
fare up against uh, Stuttgart, which is 6-0 and at this point, and technically 7-0 and if you take into account last week. And so quarterfinals in Germany is going to be very exciting. You can keep up with it on Facebook, on our Gridiron Beauties page, and we'll get the uh, updates and all that from some of the teams as they post them up on our Facebook uh, Facebook pages, and then we'll get that going there. So right now, top teams in DBL2 in Germany, Hamburg Blue Devlins 7-1, and Spandu Bulldogs 6-1-1. and Obviously, in the southeast, the Erlanger Sharks 6-0, and and the Alga Comets make the playoffs 3-3. Three and three. Southwest, Stuttgart Scorpions. 6-0, and Carousel Hurricanes, 4-2, and out of the West, Colin Ronan, 7-1, and the uh, Bosham Miners, 6-2, and and that's pretty exciting there in terms of DBL2, which is, uh, you can get all the details at afbd.com. Um, um, you can go to the, the Division 1 North is going to still in season right now, so this coming uh, weekend, we have Hamburg Amazons will take on Kyle Baltic Hurricanes. Three for Kyle Baltic and Hamburg Amazons, one and two. There's only one week left in the season. Uh, it's a six, I believe, a five-week season for Division One. And so uh, the next games are going to be on the 18th, which is going to be Cologne versus Munich Cowboys. And it is uh, um, Munich Rangers taking on the Mainz uh, Golden Eagles, which was the uh, runners-up last year to the um, Berlin Cobras. And the other matchup is this coming week is Munich Cowboys versus Mainz. It's going to be interesting. Cowboys right now 3-1, and one. Mainz 3-1. and one. That'll decide pretty much a tiebreaker for Div- uh, DBL 2 South. Um, so Division Division 1 South will be uh, the tiebreaker there at 3-1, and 3-1. and one. So it's a good, good matchup this weekend coming up in Germany. Hamburg and Call Baltic down at the lower end of Division One, So one of those teams will win another game, either 2-2 two and two for Hamburg Amazons, or it's going to be Kyle Baltic Hurricanes 1-3. and three. So pretty pretty awesome over in Germany. If you haven't followed Germany lately, keep up with it on our Twitter feed, as well as you can uh, follow us on Facebook as we have updates there. So the in Finland, as we rotate internationally, in Finland, the SAJL Maple League, top league. Uh, last week, uh, Turco Trojans defeated Kuopo Steelers. They get the bid to be uh, into the Maple League finals. So the way that works in Finland is the Division One and Division Two. Division Two is a grouping of, le- of teams, and those winners just have their separate championship. Division Two teams, whoever finishes top dog for their league, which finishes prior to the Maple League finals weekend, uh, so Turku taking on Kuopo Steelers. What happens here is Turku will now advance into the Maple League Finals, which is going to happen on August 18th. And the finals at this point, uh, the semifinals, I'm sorry, the finals on uh, August 18th, but the, semi, the semifinals is this, this coming weekend, August 11th. It is the champion Helsinki Wolverines taking on the Turku Trojans, the Division One uh, winner. And then the Helsinki Roosters versus the Valkyrie, uh, St. Petersburg Valkyrie, which is a huge rivalry in Finland. Roosters and Valkyries always back and forth all season, and they play tough all the time um, in, within one or two scores always. So it's a very, very uh, heated matchup. So the winner there goes out. It'll be a shocker and surprise. Uh, Leah Kozov from uh, the Indy 
Crash, former WFA All-Star. Uh, she is on the Trojans. It'll be a shocker if Turku can kind of pull the upset here uh, against Helsinki Wolverines. Helsinki Wolverines looking forward to going to the Pro Cloud Transatlantic Tournament, which is going to happen at the end of the month, uh, August 31st to September 2nd. It'll be hosted by the Birmingham Lions of Baffa Women alongside the Division II WFA champion New York Sharks who will be there. So uh, this is hopefully uh, Helsinki does not have a letdown. And if, you know, underdog is the Trojans here. So we'll see how the Trojans fare against the champions here. Uh, if they win again, this is going to be a back-to-back championships for Helsinki Wolverines. And so the, they move on here to the next final, to the final. So uh, Helsinki Wolverines versus Turku Trojans. The winner there will take on the Helsinki Roosters versus the St. Valkyrie of Val, um, St. Petersburg Valkyries. Uh, the if if Wolverines win and the Roosters win, this will be a rematch of last year uh, in a battle uh, second year in a row. I think that the finals will include two Helsinki teams in the finals for the uh, SIJL uh, Maple League Championship. So that's what's happening in Finland. Let's go all the way down to South America at this point because that's where the new season started. Uh, the Brazilian American Football Federation this year committed to uh, a Women's Cup championship. So now this is the first championship in Brazil for full kit uh, NFL-style uh, play. And so Brazil is now it's Copa de Brazil, and we're going to be following it all season for the next uh, month or so. It's about two months in play. And Brazil, Copa de Brazil, uh, via footballamericanobrazil.com is where we get our news source, and that's our network, footballamericano.com, uh, footballamericanobrazil.com. Make sure. So week one was uh, July 29th, and that was the Curitiba Silverhawks winning 12-6, to week one opening around against the Sao Paulo Spartans. 12 to 6, pretty good matchup. Um, some defensive errors there by Sao Paulo Spartans, but they kind of stay within one touchdown, so that's a good sign. Very competitive matchup. August, uh, this, this coming week here, it's going to be uh, this past weekend. It was Brasilia, uh, Brasilia Pilots, former champs, 44 to 0 over the Aracayu Alpha, and they uh, win uh, with the shutout. So Brasilia Pilots uh, opened the season week two. And that's 1-0. And then Curitiba Silverhawks, 1-0. Sao Paulo Spartans, 0-1. And Aracuba Alpha, 0-1. So coming up this weekend, uh, this coming weekend on August 18th, or I'm sorry, two weeks from now, next week, not this week, but the week after, August 18th, Rio Riders will be taking on the uh, Curitiba Lions. And that's the uh, first matchup. That's a week. So we'll keep a tabs on it on Facebook and also on Twitter. And uh, thanks to our network partner, uh, footballamericanobrazil.com, for supplying us the information, and we'll keep tabs on the season as we go forward. We're also going to be keeping tabs on Gridiron Australia Down Under. You're also going to have the international tournament that's going to happen at the end of this month, which is uh, FX, FFX, uh, Lexfa, and the other leagues in Mexico, uh, part of the Mexican Federation of American Football going to happen in late August here, and that's the national tournament camp, and that's going to take place in Merida, and so uh, the other tournament's going to take place is this weekend, August 11th, 
the LFB FXL, as well as Lexfa, is going to host MIFA Canada. And they're going to have the tournament here. I believe it's their fourth tournament combined for them. Um, it's going to be full kit and bikini style or legend style play on both sites. It's going to be pretty exciting. Tabs on that as well as they come uh, come down to uh, checking it out. And uh, it's going to be this weekend. So we'll see who, who pans out. Last year, Mexico won legend style play. And uh, I believe uh, Canada won the full kit uh, level of play as well. Um, so we're kind of exciting to see how the turnout is going to be. But Lexfa's huge in Mexico. It's going to be a, an international type of feel. Men's squads and ladies' squads all in the same type of weekend. So we'll keep tabs on Lexfa and MIFA Canada tournament that's going to happen uh, over in uh, in Mexico and Yucatan. And then the, L- the FFX and Lexfa selection tournament for, from the Federation will also take place in, in uh, August, I believe, at the end of August. So we'll get the details up on our Facebook page as well as on our Twitter feed. Um, check out the video uh, on our Facebook page of ONEFA, uh, which is the uh, uh, you know organization in Mexico. It's a collegiate organization. Uh, ONEFA uh, had a nice video piece on the youth uh, expansion of youth girls in to full kit play. And so because of the excitement of FX Mexico and Lexfa, now uh, ONEFA has set up a allowable status to where young girls uh, can play in the in a Pop Warner style league uh, with the boys uh, to a certain age group. So now it's going to be, I think, five to seven years old. And then before they have to branch out to play more of a you know, older, older kit style but um check out the video on our facebook page pretty awesome and hats off to all the young girls out there that are playing uh, american football and so and hats off to onepa for showcasing and spotlighting them as well um you can check out the um tournament details of ffx and lexfa in many of the tournament as as we um share them as the tournament comes closer and closer to that deadline all right so let's go into uh legends football league a lot of news there that came about this past week. Um, one of the biggest news that came out was obviously the LFL awards, and those are always kind of a hot contested awards. Uh, NF, uh, LFL awards came out this week. They were announced. Uh, MVP candidates uh, were announced to be Michelle Angel, who's had a great year. Unfortunately, her team was bounced off the playoffs this past weekend, week 14, when the steam took care of them, 40-18, to 18. Dakota Hughes, Athena Wojcicki, and Lauren uh, Ziegler uh, announcing that they will, will not return for next season. It was officially announced that they would not return. I don't know uh, at this point until next season. We'll see how true that is. But at this point, that's what it is. So Michelle Angel gets a, a nod for MVP for the season. Uh, Lelani Lopez, who's been an outstanding wide receiver uh, high-caliber player for the Austin Acoustics this year. She's done an amazing job. Um, she's played lights out. It's one of the key components of the Austin Acoustic this season that will elevate them to Legends Cup. So this is the playmaker that Tashay Winfrey and company need to really, you know, even Mark, uh, um, Mark Oliveri, uh, the coach there, uh, they need to really focus on how they can use Lelani Lopez's skill sets to take advantage of their contest 
as they take on the Los Angeles Temptation, uh, August 25th at Toyota Park, and that's going to be the uh, Western Conference Championship. Uh, one step closer to the Legends Cup. I At the beginning of the year, I said, this is the squad. This is the team. Austin has what it takes. They have not proven me wrong yet. Uh, unless they completely collapse against Los Angeles at, in one of the biggest steps for them, one step to Legends Cup, uh, unless uh, Tisha Winfrey has a downplay game like she had earlier uh, in, in this past couple weeks, uh, I don't see them faltering. But Lilani Lopez, one of the key factors that could get them right to the Legends Cup. Uh, Jade Randall from the Knights, Nashville, can't say enough, former uh, M- uh, current MVP, now up from the running again for a second year in a row for MVP. The Nashville Knights literally are Seattle Miss West of 2017. They are just rolling. Uh, you got Stevie Snore. You got too many weapons. Whitney Palmer. Uh, I mean, you name it. Uh, they're just they're just stacked. It's going to be a huge challenge for Chicago Bliss and Coach Hack, and it's going to be a great matchup to watch. Chicago Bliss taking on Nashville Knights for the Eastern Conference uh, Championship as well on August 25th at Toyota Park in Chicago. Uh, the Offensive Player of the Year for Legends Football League once again, Lilani Lopez gets the nod here. Offensive player, uh, offensive player of the year. So I think in the category of MVP, she might not get it, but in the category of offensive player of the year, she's got to be right there. Uh, the next person is Dominic Malloy, which is a, an amazing athlete, speedster, does a lot of a lot of good things as well. Uh, I just think Lilani deserves this. A lot more crunch time moments. She's got big speed, uh, mobility smaller size individual that that doesn't you know back down from anybody so we'll go from there uh jay uh, jade randall same thing here multi-sasted so it's going to be i think between lalani lopez and jade jade randall um who's gonna uh, who's gonna earn this defensive player of the year you got daniel harvey uh kendra robinson lily granston and uh and so i i just at this point it's kind of a toss-up I really think it's a toss-up. Uh, Harvey, I, I really think, deserves it. She's put in a lot of time, frontal effort, given the, the way the season's gone this year with a 1-3 and three record, and they barely make the playoffs here. Um, kind of a backbone for them. Uh, Shishindo's getting old. Um, Hart's old. There's a lot, of, a lot of pieces on the defense that no longer are a big factor. Granston is good, uh, somewhat reckless in a way. I mean, that's her play. That's the way she is. Where Daniel Harvey's a little bit more strategic, I think she's a lot more of a big hitter, and she knows exactly how to read that defense. Uh, been been in that system for a long time now. I think seven year vet. Uh, I think you know Harvey. You would have to say deserves this Defensive Player of the Year award for sure. Um, then you have Coach of the Year, Mike Oliveira, Danica Brace, um, and you have Coach uh, Keith Hack. Uh, I really think Oliveira deserves this. If he can beat the Temptation. Western Conference Championship and get them get himself into the Legends Cup, even if he loses the Legends Cup, as they say. Uh, at this point, I think uh, Mike Oliveira has done a tremendous job in the last two seasons plus this year, trying to get his team uh, at a higher level. And the Acoustic were a good team last year, just fell short at certain places, and they were one or two plays away from not making certain stakes, and they would be basically a top-tier team. So at this point, yes. 
Uh, I think uh, Coach Oliveira probably deserves Coach of the Year at this point. Um, you also have the uh, Team of the Year, Austin, Nashville, Seattle. Uh, I, I really want to give it to Seattle. I think the Team of the Year needs to go to the Mist. The way that things went in coaching, the way uh, Michelle uh, Angel brought them back, put them almost one step to a repeat to get them back into the Western Conference Championship. Um, close second for me would be Austin. Not to take away from Nashville, but I just think Nashville is just so talented and overly talented that the award really for team of the year for me is team that really brings it up, you know, gets them to another level. And I think Austin is one of those teams. Seattle is the next team. Uh, Nashville has been at that level, kind of a transplant from Seattle. So that's my take on it. I think Houston and Seattle pretty much deserve one of those two nods. Uh, rookie of the year, uh, mainly Gleaves from uh, the uh, Nashville Knights, uh, Jasmine Carter from the Miss, Whitney Palmer from the Knights. Um, I just think at this point, Palmer's played really, gra- uh, really great. Gleaves has played really good. Uh, I would have to flip a coin. I know Jasmine Carter has done a tremendous job in in in, uh, in uh, Seattle, but um, the way the Knights have played all season, uh, given their roster and everything else, uh, I think it's you have to flip a coin here. Uh, Palmer or Gleaves, two two good players for Rookie of the Year, uh, Most Improved Player of the Year, no doubt. Most Improved Player of the Year, no doubt. Uh, I would have to say uh, Lalani Lopez first, Kyra Bryant uh, second, and uh, Michelle Angel third, but for sure Lalani Lopez. If Lalani Lopez and the Austin Acoustic can beat Los Angeles and take them to the Legends Cup, then at this point you have an argument that she is uh, deserving of all the accolades. So if she doesn't get MVP for whatever reason, then at this point you're looking at um, she could probably get offensive player of the year and maybe and get most improved player of the year, which is a deserving honor. So either way, if she misses out on either of the other two awards, for sure the most improved player of the year has to be, uh, I think, Lelani Lopez. I know Michelle played awesome and really taking that team under, under her belt. Uh, so at this point, I would say it's between the two of them uh, to kind of figure that out. Uh, the, LFL Hall of Fame inductee, obviously we already knew, was Chris Dale Harris. Chris Dale Harris will be uh, nominated and inducted into the Hall of Fame, I believe September 7th, the day before Legends Cup at the LFL Awards show. And then you have the Mortaza Award winner, uh, three nominated, Anna Garza, our Nojo football supporter and Nojo football athlete. Uh, Anna Garza, congratulations to her for an amazing season doing an amazing job in Austin, elevating the game down south in Mexico, bringing attention to the sport. She's done a great job there. Lindsay Fields, uh, it's been very two tough seasons in Denver. And so this, she's been an integral part off the field of trying to get Denver up and running. She's been able to improve year in, year out. She's done uh, trying to get Denver noticed on the map. Nicole Peterson, what a traveling warrior. Um, she has literally gone from the LFL home office all the way down to Dallas. Then she's coming all the way down to Seattle, and she's done kind of a journey uh, trip there. And so um, 
But I think the Mortaza Award, more than likely at this point, deserving would be Anna Garza. I think she's done a tremendous job of recruiting, uh, trying to get things done down Mexico, getting players to come to buy in to, to play for Austin as well. Um, so between uh, Anna Garza, Lilani Lopez, Coach um, Oliveira, I really think uh, the Austin Acoustics pretty stacked. And then you also have Robinson, Kendra Robinson as well, nominated for Defensive Player of the Year. So we could see an Austin Acoustic Awards night if it comes down to it. And it's all going to kind of go down as to how much and how bad does the Austin Acoustic want to win uh, and how bad do they want to get to Legends Cup. It's really the biggest factor and the biggest question you got to put in together because they have all the tools. They got the weapons. It's questionable if anything would be quarterback play right now. Uh, Winfrey has not played her best game yet in season. She's played like one game out of the four, and the other three have been very, very mediocre. So if she can kind of step it up, get herself ready for this, for this matchup, uh, L.A. is beatable. If Salerno comes into play, so L.A. is beatable right now. If Salerno is back, which we hear it is, Ashley Salerno, legendary quarterback Ashley Salerno, if she's back, that is the X factor for Austin to lose because if they don't come with their A game and they don't come with their weapons, which is Lopez and company, uh, you can see Daniel Harvey, Ashley Salerno, and the uh, Lily Granston moving on to Legends Cup and returning the temptation to championship form, which is not what you want to see in Houston, in Austin, given what you've worked so hard for the last 18 months to build this program and get it to another level. But you really want to be on your A game August 25th in Chicago as you take on Los Angeles temptation. So for the Austin acoustic, really big issue there. They really got to put their heads together and they really got to understand what are they, what are they going for? And it's one step to lead in this cup. It's going to be very hard if Austin really makes it to the next level, which is going to take the berth for Legends Cup. They are going to face Danica Brace or Coach Hack, two of the nominees for Coach of the Year. So at this point, Nashville is literally a juggernaut. So unless they somehow implode themselves, which I doubt that's going to happen, they got Whitney Palmer, they got Cleve, they got Randall, McVeeney, Schnorr, and it's going to be the huge obstacle. The Bliss defense is going to have have to have a great day. Chantel Wiggins and company, Savelle Thompson, uh, everybody else on that defense um, is going to have to play their lights out against Nashville. Um, Jane Caldwell is going to have to play a very awesome game, mistake-free game, because once Nashville gets on top, it's going to be hard to combat. But you know what? Don't ever count out Coach Hack. Coach Hack has always got something in his tool, always been able to overcome. And he's been up the top of the of this league since day one. So uh, if anything, um, you know, Coach Hack probably deserves Coach of the Year, given the fact that he lost some weapons and he lost Cristel Harris in a way. But I think Oliveira is probably more deserving. If he can, if if Coach Oliveira can get the acoustic to Legends Cup berth to arrive at Legends Cup, I think he deserves it. He deserves it completely. So, um, you know, that's the LFL right there, the playoff scenarios, the Legends uh, Legends Football League awards nominees, 
Uh, Legends Cup will be September 8th in Austin, Texas. Um, and you can get all the details at LFL.com, uh, LFLUS.com. The, uh, the games that happened this week, uh, let's review those. So week 14, Atlanta team 40-18 versus Seattle Miss. So at this point, um, we're looking at two and two uh, season finish for Seattle. Uh, I mean, um, for Atlanta, Seattle one and three. They missed the playoffs because of the loss. So that gives uh, the tiebreaker went to LA. So LA gets the playoff berth against the Austin Acoustic. Very heated game. Very intense game. It was Dakota Hughes and Michelle Angel, uncustomary, both back verbals and stuff, and coming out, you know, uh, bashing and just clashing with each other the whole game. Uh, Michelle Angel was mic'd up, kind of always, you know, voicing her discomfort. Uh, at one point or another, you know, the Seattle miss just gave up too much, and that's the deciding factor there. Um, they got, you know, they just couldn't get it together. So Atlanta came in with their three-headed monster there, the triplets, and so they stood up and stood up, and they weren't going to let Dakota Hughes go out on a loss. Last game, um, she's calling it quits. They were just not going to allow Dakota Hughes to kind of lose the game. And you could see it in her, in just in her demeanor. She was not there to lose. And so uh, that's really what it boiled down to. So 40-18, Seattle finishes the season 1-3. and three. Very disappointing. They're not able to defend their title. Um, but Atlanta's team, more disappointed in terms of, the, of Atlanta. I think the toughest road for them was the fact that Nashville got transplanted from Seattle there. If Nashville would have been a brand-new team, I think uh, Atlanta would have been okay in terms of a berth, but it didn't happen. So that was the difference there. Um, Jasmine Carter, Savannah Wood for the miss played really awesome ball too as well. Uh, you can't stand up for Lauren, Lauren Ziegler. Uh, even Dina Joski just got to get it on the last game. So uh, amazing game. If you want to watch it, it's on LFL. Um, YouTube channel, so you can go to LFLUS.com. You can get the link there. You can go to our Twitter feed as well, and it's on there in our Facebook page. Uh, week 15 is Denver Dream versus Omaha Heart, which you'll see this weekend. Uh, so we're not going to just you know go over it until next week, but you can watch it now on our Facebook or Twitter feed. Uh, it's uh, Week 15, Denver Dream taking on Omaha Heart. Uh, Omaha Heart comes into this weekend with a must-win. Denver's season literally on the brink. They are on a rebuilding mode year two, so that's going to be an issue for them. But uh, they've improved this year. We'll see how um, they retool themselves offensively. Defensively, I think they're okay. It's just uh, offensively they need to retool themselves and kind of get more confidence. Week 16 coming up here, uh, August 11th, Omaha Heart uh, versus Chicago Bliss. Chicago is a, this is literally a tune-up for Chicago for the playoffs. Omaha Heart, it is a test. They get Lindsey Noble back um, this past week. So this uh, is going to be Lindsey Noble versus Chicago Bliss. Jane Caldwell should be a good matchup. Uh, just anticipating Chicago here to win. They're one step closer. They're already in the playoffs. And knowing Coach Hack, I think this is going to be kind of a tune-up uh, game just to kind of see and gauge where they're at. Uh, not that Omaha is a pushover or anything like that, but at the same time, I don't think Omaha is at that same level as Chicago. So we're going to end up the uh, LFL 2018 season, week 16, August 11th, and it's going to be the Omaha Heart taking on the Chicago list. So that's going to be the game this coming weekend. 
August 25th, Toyota Park Eastern Conference Championship. It's going to be the Bliss taking on the Knights, and that's going to be a huge clash. And we talked about that. Matheny versus Caldwell. Snore versus Thompson. Uh, Wiggins versus Palmer. I mean, you name it. Western Conference Championship, Austin Acoustic versus Los Angeles Temptation. So we're looking at Winfrey, Tishay Winfrey, Steph McCormick, Michelle Marshall, Anna Garza. They're going to be taking on the L.A. Temptation with the return of Ashley Salerno, the legendary quarterback, and a running back, which is um, which they have a stack of running backs there. And so you're also going to get um, um, Daniel Harvey, and Lily Grantston on the backside of the defense there. So Carmen Berceau, F-150, it's going to be a great matchup. So the matchups for the 25th are going to be awesome for uh, Legends Football League. It's going to be a huge clash of some big, big teams. Um, so that's going to be like huge weekend coming up for uh, Legends Football League this weekend and then getting ready for the 25th and September 8th, which is Legends Cup in Austin, Texas. So I'm literally out of breath here. Um, so it's always fun to have more people here because then we can chat about and topics and stuff. But uh, other than that, covered everything else that we needed to cover. Um, and we're going to be talking L, uh, NFL football preseason next weekend, the week after that, and the week after that until we until kickoff, which is the first week of September. So that's going to be pretty exciting times. And then everybody on the panel, um, and we are happy to introduce and announce, and if you follow us on uh, Twitter and Facebook, um, you probably already got the news. Uh, we're happy and uh, honored internet to announce that we have a new addition to our co-host group. It's going to be Mackenzie Brooks. Um, she uh, was a three-time IWFL All-Star, and she was play- playing for the Iowa Crush. Before that, she played for the WFA and IWFL Madison Blaze. And so she's going to be our co-host next week, starting, uh, I believe, August 14th. She's uh, going to be here week to week, give us her insights, uh, talking NFL. She's a very passionate Cowboys fan. So we're looking forward to Mackenzie Brooks being part of the crew alongside Tracy Brick, Troy Wilson, Louise Bean, and Holly Custis. Um, so we're going to have a full crew going into the NFL off NFL season. And then we're going to be talking literally Gridiron Australia. We're going to be talking Lexfa fall season, FFX Mexico fall season, um, so a lot of things to talk about. And then there's the tournament in um, in UK that's going to happen, the Pro Cloud tournament at the end of the month. And then uh, then we get into off-season news and notes in the WFA, IWFL, IWFA, uh, and uh, WWCFL, as well as MNWFL. Um, so all the leagues in Canada and in the United States as they go through their off-season training regimen right now. Most everybody's in tryout mode. So if you follow any team on Twitter or Facebook, pretty much know right now that they're on they're in off season mode. Same thing for FX Mexico down south. Um, but WFA, you can go to wfaprofootball.com, uh, get the details for anything off season. What team is near you? If you want to try out for a team, local team, or if you want to try out with a you know nearby team that obviously plays in either league. Um, we don't know what the scope or the status at this point will be for the best of the West teams. So we'll get more information as we come about We're, from our panel. We have Luis Bean, who's pretty connected to Utah Falcons. We have uh, Holly Custis, who's 
uh, WFA All-Star for the Seattle Majestics. And so we'll kind of t- fine-tune that. All our co-hosts will be back next week and the week after and a couple weeks in between that. And we are going to be talking pretty much NFL. They all have their favorites. They all have their favorite regions. And obviously we're going to be talking pretty much NFL football between, uh, what, August through February before uh, we talk women's gridiron summer once again as we start into uh, late January to early February. So, um, yeah, it's going to be pretty awesome. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, we last week got the notice that we are kind of rocking on Apple Podcasts. And I really want to thank everybody for helping us out and getting the word out, sharing our podcast, and talking about women's gridiron, women's American football, and spreading the word out on our social sites. Uh, we are almost close to 6,000 followers on Facebook. So share with your friends, let them know where, you know, we exist and have them come up to like the page there on Twitter. We're almost close to seven, almost uh, over 6,000 on Twitter. And so we're very proud of that also on Instagram and as well as on um, the other platforms that we have, which is on Snapchat as well. So check out Snapchat as well uh, for no joke football specials and uh, athlete takeovers. Uh, you can like us on Facebook. Like I said, weekly updates and breaking news at the Great Iron Beauties page on Facebook. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram for amazing athletes and moments in women's American football. And so we are very, very happy. And thanks to TuneIn and also to Apple Podcasts. If you uh, subscribe to the iOS, if you have an Apple um, phone and you have an iOS system, you can go to our Apple Podcasts. We'd love to get some feedback. Um, if you guys can leave a comment about what you like about the show, if you like one of our hosts, one of our co-hosts, what is the best podcast, uh, you know, that you that you uh, listened to and that you liked. Uh, we really need to get uh, some feedback there so that we can get our trending up because if we get the trending up, we're, we're going to bring more awareness to the sport. So I really appreciate if everybody go out and go to the Apple Podcast link and then kind of leave a note there or leave a comment. If you like our podcast, even if you don't like our podcast, just tell us what we can improve on and what we can do better um, and give us some feedback that way. But I'm pretty sure you, you guys have listened to a lot. We're over 200 episodes right now on Apple Podcasts. So there's no reason we can't listen to uh, over 200. Uh, we've interviewed probably all the stars in the WFA, uh, some of the IWFL, um, you know, legendary quarterbacks, uh, Allison, uh, Allison Cahill, we've interviewed in the past. We've interviewed Lisa Horton in the past. We've interviewed um, uh, Allie Hamlin. Uh, we just did uh, Karen Mulligan last, last week. So we've done pretty extensive work in trying to get the word out on all these amazing women that play the sport. And uh, we haven't even touched the iceberg. We're uh, focusing on doing Facebook Lives at the beginning of next year. We were trying to get it up and going uh, the last, uh, but it's not working out. So we're going to have to retool ourselves and try to do some Facebook lives for uh, international players as well. So we can get those players kind of spotlighted and, you know, the players in Germany, the players in UK, Austria, some of the players out there in uh, Gridiron Australia as well. So um, that's going to do it for me today. Going solo. I hope I didn't bore everybody down and put them snooze, but we're, we're going to be talking NFL next week. We just chat about um, LFL this coming weekend, so don't miss the games this weekend. It's going to be huge. Um, we're looking at Chicago versus Omaha. 
the replay of last week, Denver versus Omaha. It was a pretty good game, so don't, don't forget to watch that. And then if you go to our Facebook page and our Twitter feed, you can actually watch the Brasilia, the Copa Brasilia uh, Brazil Women's Cup Week 2 action, which is the shutout win by the Brasilia Pilots versus the Aracua Alpha. So check it out on our Facebook page. So uh, for Oscar Lopez, for the absent Tracy Brick, Holly Custis, Troy Wilson, Louise Bean, and for our new co-host coming up next week, uh, it's going to be Mackenzie Brooks. Uh, we are catch you here next week on the Great Iron Blitz right here on Block Talk Radio. Tune in, podcast. Have a great night, everybody.